Thank you for listening to the Black with Endurance podcast. I am your host, Lonnie Woods. I know I've been gone for a minute, so I had to come back with something phenomenal. (laughs) If you've been following the IG page, then you know on October 23rd, we had a team go out to run the Grand Canyon. So on this episode, I am talking to the four athletes that completed rim to rim to rim in 19 hours. So if you've been following, you know that we had eight athletes go out and give their all. It was one of the most inspiring, motivating kind of emotional experiences of my life. So I was there as support and witnessing these athletes and how hard they worked to get to that point to be able to do that challenge and the hard decisions they have to make and just watching them just suffer (laughs) and grit it out. It was, oh my God, it was so motivating to do tough shit and to never give up and you can do anything. So I'm very proud to be able to talk to these individuals because I really wanted to know what it is or what was driving them to complete this because it's 48 miles, over 11,000 feet in elevation gain. This is not an easy task. This is not a walk in the park. This is painful. This is, this is really one of those things that, that separates the great from the greatest. So um, I'm very proud to bring to you these athletes. Marquette Shoemate, who is the leader, who brought this challenge to everyone. Um, Q Perry, who was the driving force in the end from <laughs> what they say, the two cousins with the cheat code. <laughs> Herman Harris and Bobby Gaines. The, these, all these athletes are so incredible. So this format for this interview is different. I talk to each athlete at different times and I have to be honest, I had a mess up. (laughs) I was so excited to talk to Q that we were talking for 30 minutes before I realized that I wasn't recording, (laughs) but we got to do the interview again. So it's on here. We have Q, Marquette, and Bobby and Herman together. So make sure you listen to the whole episode. Uh, Don't want you to miss anything. I talk to each athlete about their training and their nutrition. For anybody that is considering doing this, that is going to do this next year with me, make sure that you take notes. So I don't want to hold you guys too much longer. Make sure that you subscribe, share, send this episode to one friend that may need some motivation. And um, yeah, without further ado. On this podcast, we talk exclusively to black athletes, whether you're a seasoned vet, a beginner, or someone just considering trying a sport. This podcast is for you. All right. So, Marquette, 
This past weekend, you and a team of eight individuals took on the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. And when we talk to anybody, everyone says that this was your idea. So first question I have for you is, where did you get this idea from? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, so I was like, uh, this sounds pretty miserable. Um, <laughs> can I actually do this? Honestly, um, I've never did anything longer than 31 miles. So when I put in my head 48 miles, I'm like, can I actually do this? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was my main thing. Could I do it? <clears throat> and when I brought it to coach, I was just like, I think we should do this. X, Y, Z. The rim, the rim, the rim. And he was like, all right, let's see what we can do. You know, it was more like that. But that, I, I mean, I just thought about it just like, you know what? I'm just going to put this on my goal, my goal list and just go with it. Yeah. So did you think about the elevation? Like what was the yes. highest elevation you had did before this? Uh, 3,000 feet, maybe. I mean, I thought I looked at the elevation profile and the first thing I thought about was, I have never done anything close to this, not even remotely close to that. And I'm saying to myself, I got to train a lot. I mean, a lot because I had, a, <clears throat> I have a history of, you know, cramping um, when I do uh, endurance events. That was my main issue in my head the whole time. Um, I don't think the miles was like in my head that I was going to not be able to finish. I was like, how long is it going to take me finishing? I'm, am I going to be cramping um, at a certain point, which didn't happen? So, so for those that may not know, what is your history as a as a runner, as an athlete? Um, <clears throat> I probably started running around. I started running sprints around maybe nine or ten. Um, ran track in uh, high school. Um, went to college for like a year or two. Um, I was, I was on the track team, but I didn't <clears throat> compete. Uh, then I came, I just came, I came back home and, uh, you know, found a career. And I picked up, um, 2014, I think I picked up OCR, obstacle course racing. Mm -hmm. And I just actually became an endurance runner once I started doing obstacle course racing. Because before then, I was just a sprinter at that point. I hadn't ran anything more than three miles. Yeah, honestly, so that was that was I pretty much it. <laughs> okay, all right. So you establish yourself as an obstacle course racer, and so when you decided to take on this challenge, how did your training have to change to accommodate the needs for this? Um. Well, I set two big goals before this. Um, I had already kind of sort of had a base. I was already doing things before I was doing uh, R3. Um, what I did was I needed some mental, I needed to be mentally prepared. That was the main thing. Mm -hmm. The training, because the physical part is, is not what stop you from finishing. It's more of the mental part. Because, I mean, if you train, if you train, you, you know, you can kind of gut through if you're not hurt or injured. Um, so what I did was a hundred mile bike ride on my birthday. That was, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't train for that. I didn't train for that. 
uh, which took me seven and a half hours. I don't like being on the bike. I, that's the one. So it's me being on the bike for seven and a half hours for something I didn't train for. Um, it wasn't the toughest thing I'd done, but it was mentally tough because I hadn't done it. I was playing it back in my head. I did cramp about 50 miles in. I did cramp. Um, got stung by a bee. Uh, lost two water bottles along the way. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Um, but I got it done. Right. And right. then uh, three weeks after that, I did uh, another challenge called uh, four times, four times, 48 hours, which you uh, run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, which you start at uh, Friday, 8 p.m. and you finish Sunday at 4 p.m. So that was more mental. So I picked two big goals that was mental to try to help me uh, get through R3, which I think, you know, helped me. And I did about five weeks of training. Um, I did a lot of power hiking on the incline. Mm-hmm. A lot of power hiking. I didn't do a lot of, I didn't do a lot of run miles. My longest run was maybe 12 miles. Um, that was it, 12 miles. And after the 12 miles, I was doing maybe like eight to 10. Um, I still biked a little bit. Uh, elevation, I mean, incline training was three times a week. Yeah. Uh, for, about a, for about an hour plus, maybe an hour and a half. Um, strength work, three days a week. A lot of lower lower body uh, exercises. Yeah. And um, yeah. pretty much that was it. So when you did the four by four by 48 thing, did you sleep? Could you sleep in between those times? No. So you were like up for 48 hours. Yes. I couldn't sleep because I didn't like being out at 12, the 12 a.m. and uh, 4 a.m. I was, I was on alert um, just being out there. Um, actually, that was my, them two, them four runs, the two 12 a.m. and the two 4 a.m. T- 4 a.m. runs were my fastest times. It was my fastest time because my body was uh, on alert out running at 4 a.m. Just, you know, head whipping side to side, you know, <laughs> just kind of, you know, paranoid. Um, yeah. I, I did try to sleep after the 4 a.m. run. I felt relieved because I had the 8 a.m. run, the 12 a.m., the 4 p.m. I knew I was more relaxed. I was slower, much slower pace. I think I did try to rest at the 4 a.m. though, but not much, maybe an hour or two. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> So, well, as we stated, you kind of brought this idea up. Did you have a process or a certain way that you picked the members of this team, the people that you wanted to do this or thought would be able to do this? Actually, I did. I actually had picked um, people um, initially. I inboxed uh, people to see who. um, I inboxed probably about... 12 people mm-hmm. um, to see who wanted to uh, go out there, you know, if they scheduled allowed them. Uh, a few people couldn't make it because just the scheduling was bad and stuff like that. But uh, I had picked people to what I thought had grit <clears throat> and put in, you know, the time and some work that I think that will, you know, make it, you know. So that's pretty much what I did. And I actually posted it in a group to see, who else wanted to, you know, come along? And did anybody accept the the, the open invite? No, I was no nobody showed up an open invite. <laughs> okay. And well, so, I take that back. You know what? I take that back. 
Obi Obi uh, Williams. He did. He oh, was part yeah. of the open invite. Yes, he was. He was part of the open invite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so a bit another big thing that um, people ask is about nutrition doing these ultra type sports. So what was your personal nutrition like leading up to the event and hydration? So five weeks before I started carb, uh, carb loading, I would do rice and red um, roasted potatoes almost every day together. I'm eating it together as a meal, plus uh, peanut butter and jelly um, <laughs> throughout the day, including my breakfast and then my dinner. So I added rice and uh, red roasted potatoes and a peanut butter and jelly to my whatever, to my other meals for the day. Yeah. Um, hydration, um, I went with um, two different types of hydrations. One had a lot of sodium in it. One had like 800 milligrams of sodium in there. And the other one had 500 milligrams of sodium, some with magnesium in there, potassium in there. Um, and I went with uh, a two, two liter bladder uh, for water. So mm -hmm. I had the five milliliters in the front for hydration and I had two liters for water. And I just, you know, that's what I carried out there. And I drank a lot of water, you know, I was, I drink water a lot anyway, but I increased my water intake and stuff like that. Um, nutrition wise, I tried to play around with some stuff and I ended up with baby food <laughs> in the pouch. Yeah. I think pouch. I've heard, I've heard that from someone before, someone named Julius. <laughs> yes, actually he, he told, he told me about it and I said, I'll give it a try. Um, so I had, I went with baby food in a pouch and mixed nuts. And my steak dinner was M&M's. I had, <laughs> I had M&M's to eat on the back end. So I had two bags of M&M's for each, for each trip. Yeah. So that's what, that's what, that was my steak dinner, the M&M's. So, okay. Cause you did rim to rim to rim. What, what well, I'll say, what were the differences? What was the, what was the, the most notable difference between going and going back? Um, I feel like the North Rim beat everybody up, honestly. Coming up, I think that last two miles just really beat everybody up and just knocked the wind out you. Um, but coming back, um, we was going downhill again. Um, and I felt like it was only four of us. So it was a little bit more manageable because it was four of us. Yeah. Because we didn't we didn't have to stop as much. Even at the rest stops, everybody might not go to the bathroom, but everybody would fill up. Yeah. Um, far as their water, but every, like I said, everybody didn't have to the bathroom. So we might have been there maybe two minutes, and we're gone. Yeah. So that and we ran a lot coming back because when we got to, I think Q led. When we first left. We let Q lead going down, mm -hmm. and they uh, Bobby. Herman and Q, they wanted to run. Um, I opted out. Yeah, I declined the run part of my knees. I didn't. I don't have bad knees, but I didn't want the wear and tear going down on my knees. So I just power hiked fast, and we got to the bottom. I think it was Cottonwood. Um, we got water and ate some real quick, 
I took the lead and uh, I had a nine minute mile pace. So uh, uh, it was, you know, a little bit too fast. So I had a nine minute mile pace going for a second, but um, we just ran a lot. We ran a lot. And like I said, Q was in, Q got, let Q go in front for so a bit more. She was leading. We let Q lead for a while. Um, Bobby lead, led, um, we let Bobby led for a while. Uh -huh. um, towards the end, um, Herman, he led for a while. So everybody kind of just led and just went, we went with everybody pace. That's pretty much how I went. Yeah. I mean, you guys made it back faster. Definitely. Like I yeah. kind of timed it towards, um, for the time that you guys took to get to the other side. And I was like, okay, they're going to be back at like midnight, but you guys were like two hours faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So also with that, there were a lot of other people in the Canyon as well. What was that experience like leading a group of black people through this Canyon or being a larger group of black people in the Canyon <laughs> with all these other folks? <laughs> um, going, going, um, it felt, it felt good. It really felt good going through. Um, and, you know, I, I said a lot of people face, you know, um, seeing us going through that canyon in such a large group. Um, they seemed surprised that we was coming through there. Like I said, eight people was a lot. Yeah. Um, we, you, you, you very rarely seen eight people in a group out there. Um, you might see fours and fives, but eight is, is a nice amount of people they meet you know, standing to the side for because you, you know, you can't get past, you got to run past or whatever, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> but everybody was, was polite. Everybody spoke. Um, people cheered us on stuff like that. We didn't have any issue. It, it, it was fine. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Everyone seemed really supportive. <laughs> yeah, they were supportive. Um, and like, I I think I've heard a lot about like some of the, the hard stuff, but what, what were the best parts of this excursion? I think a lot of people meeting each other for the first time. Um, mm -hmm. Me and coach talked a lot. We talked a whole lot and that was our first time meeting. I had met Q. Um, I recruited Q initially um, maybe two years ago at a, at a, uh, at a race, Spartan race championship race. I seen yeah. her, she was like, it was her and like another uh, black female there. I was like, oh, if she's here running age group, she's pretty good. So I went up to her and, you know, introduced myself. Um, and Bobby and Herman, I've known, we are we all in the same area. So I met Herman at Spartan race and I met his cousin, Bobby, as Herman was training for R3. So yeah <laughs> that's crazy how you all came together right. <laughs> it's so dope what the internet can do now <laughs> it's, it's crazy it, but well technically i guess spartan race because you but <laughs> so if you were to change anything about this trip or anything about the your experience on the trail what would you change or what would you do different nothing besides maybe if i was doing r3 if i was doing r3 again i would run run more at the bottom that's it it's nothing i would change about this trip um 
nothing. Training, not, nothing. It's nothing I can, it's nothing I would change. Cause I didn't have any issues as um, far as um, like overuses of my hip. Uh, I, had, I didn't have any overuses, uses in my body. Like I didn't have that hurt pain that I was overusing. I didn't have that issue. Um, I think my training was, was pretty much spot on. I will say this. I noted just watching everybody. It seemed like you and Q, like you got, it was, it was hard coming up on uh, the North side, mm -hmm. but you guys were ready to go. <laughs> like, like it was nothing. It's like, well, Q said she needed one. She said she wanted one person to go back. She didn't know who was going back at the time. She said she wanted one person to go back. I knew Bobby and Herman was going back. I knew that. They didn't have the same. I knew they was going back. Um, but I felt good going back. Honestly, I was moving the same pace coming back the whole time. Like literally the, the same pace. Like I never slowed down. Um, not, I had my M&Ms on the back end again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had my m and on the back end. I was, we was moving and I was moving and I didn't, I was good. Yeah. I mean, you guys seemed like you was just getting started. <laughs> yeah. I felt good. So surprised. a lot of people have been watching and saying that they want to do this now next year or do part of it or something like that. What advice would you give to the average athletes that are thinking about doing this? R3 or R2? Let's just say R3. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, a lot of, I, I would say do a lot of elevation training. The, the running is not as important as people think because you're going up, you're going down and then you only run, you only can get a chance to run about four miles, which is flat realistically. Yeah. Um, so if you're going up and back, that's really what? eight miles, eight, 10 miles, you get to run. Um, going up is, is, the, is the problem. That's the problem, going up. So I would tell anybody to just focus on going up, in, just incline training, or a hill, just going up and down. But an incline, you can, just keep, you can just keep going. You don't have to worry about going back down. How would you suggest that they train for the, the elevation, like the air? Like, I didn't do it, but just being at the Grand Canyon, I could feel the difference in the air. I didn't feel it. Maybe I was adrenaline. I didn't, everybody, because everybody asked me, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the difference in the air. I did not feel it. And I know people asked me that when I came back, how was the air? I said, I didn't notice. I didn't have shortness of breath. I, di I didn't feel it. I don't know. You're just better conditioned. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying I didn't feel it. Like, I mean, like I say, everybody had issues going up north rim. That's just what it is. But I didn't feel the difference in the air. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. I didn't feel I didn't feel sick. I didn't, I didn't feel sick going up, feel sick going down. Um, no, I didn't have any altitude sickness. So I didn't feel it. So I can't really speak on it unless somebody could speak on it and say they felt something about altitude sickness, but I didn't feel it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know. And uh, yeah, would you do it again? <laughs> I wouldn't do R3 again. And, and it's weird because after hearing everybody talk about it, it's like, I'm like, man, I should do R2 to see how fast I can get to the other side. In my head, I'm like, I should do R2. I know I can get over there in seven and a half hours. And that's, 
And that's been going through my head, like, should I do R2 again? R3 is already completed. So it's like, I'm good. R2 is like, how fast can I really get on, get over to the other side? Which which so, way would you do though? Would you do um, uh, from south to north or would you do from north to south? I, I would still, I don't know. I would still go from, I think I would still go from north to south. I mean, I know it seems like go down south because it's, you know, easier. I mean, you gotta, it's easier, but I think I still go from north. I think I still go north. North to south. Of south. What's of north? Course what is you that? Would. South. <laughs> oh no, what's that? What is that? South to north. No, it's south. We started on south side, right? We started yeah, on south. Yeah, you started on south. Yeah, yes. I would go the same way. I would do the same way. I would go the same way. Yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah, of course. Of course you would. <laughs> of course that's your answer. <laughs> All right. So um, as we wrap up, I want to ask you about your your, I guess it's your your slogan. Hard to mm -hmm. kill. Yes. Now I I see personally why that's your slogan, but why what made you adopt that? Um I started that hashtag about a couple of years ago when I was training for Spartan Race. And um, I just felt that I needed to be hard to kill. Like, I just needed to know, to tell myself that if you out there beside me and we going at it, you're not gonna just drop me just like that. I'm gonna be hard to kill. So, you know, you gotta do hard things. <laughs> you know, you gotta do hard things out there. So it came up about a couple of years ago, just me training, me training hard me thinking about me competing against the next person and like, you ain't gonna kill me or just me competing against myself, you know, that was it. That's where it came from, hard to kill. I feel that. Well, it is inspiring. This whole story is inspiring. Watching you all has been motivating as hell. <laughs> I definitely want to try R2. I, I don't know if I'll be ready to do R3. <laughs> You can definitely do R2. You can definitely do R2. That's not, I, I got, I know you can do that. I know you can do that. <laughs> now, if you want to train for R3, now we can get you there now. We can get you to R3 now. I got to have that. a good reason to do it. It's, it's got to be, I don't know why. Like I, I've been, I've been thinking about it and I'm like, if I, if I do it, it's got to be something like the all, the first all black woman team to complete it or uh, something okay. like okay. that. <laughs> okay. I, I can see I can see that. I can see that I can see that happening. That'd be dope. I can see that happening. <laughs> and then you can you can uh you can train me. <laughs> yep. Yep. I can do that. For sure. All right. Well, do you have anything that you want to promote or anything that you want to say to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna tell anybody just to do do things that get you out your comfort zone. Don't be, you know, don't be afraid to be great. That's that's it. You know, just just get out there. Just do do hard shit, basically. I like that. Don't be afraid to be yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> do hard, do hard, do the stuff that you don't want to do. Do hard shit. Definitely. That's it. What an amazing interview with Marquette. You will not believe how long I have wanted to interview him. 
If you've been rocking with us since the beginning, you remember in episode one, Coach and I discussed talking to Marquette. So it is an honor to be able to interview him after this amazing accomplishment. Now we're going to go into the next interview with Miss Quan Q. Perry. <laughs> I really loved talking to Q. I'm very embarrassed that I forgot to press record because it was like talking to a sister that I have known forever. <laughs> so we got the interview though. I swear the first one was just, it was, it was just, it was better. It was just, I don't know, the chemistry, it was, it, it was way better. But this it's I mean, Q's energy is just golden. She is pure gold. She is magnetic. She is so inspiring and positive. Her positive affirmations is what got this team through. So, man, so much respect to this woman. I believe that she is the first black woman to complete rim to rim to rim in a day. Unless uh, anyone can prove to me otherwise, uh, that's that's my story and we stick it to it. <laughs> so without further ado, Miss Q Perry. So, okay, Q, how does it feel to be one of the only women on this team to complete rim to rim to rim? Um, it feels exhilarating. Um, I knew going in that it would be an epic experience and it did not disappoint. I mean, it was tough. We knew it would be challenging and we were looking forward to it being challenging and it did not disappoint. You know, um, I said to somebody the other day that the pain that we went through was all worth it because it was just so beautiful, you know, the terrain was beautiful, you know, the atmosphere was beautiful, even um, meeting the other teams that were, or the other groups of people that were passing by, it was just like, the vibe was amazing, you know, so yeah. it, was, it was worth it, yeah. So how does one decide to <laughs> run the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim? Um... I think it was back in 2019, maybe 2020, when Marquette, Marquette uh, sent me a message saying, hey, you know, Q, I'm thinking about running the Grand Canyon. And I was like, oh, you know, that's good for you. That's awesome. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he mentioned that he was trying to get a team of people together to go out there. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I think I can do this. And I started asking questions about the elevation. And of course, you know, I had, I had a little bit of reservations about that, but um, I was on board, you know, I was ready to get my plan together and, you know, go for it. So, yeah. For people that do not know or have not done something like this, what type or how long did it take you to train to be able to do this? Um, 
I want to say it was back in June or July. I, I found a plan online for an ultra and I just basically tweaked that plan to work for me. Um, had a lot of early mornings, a lot of late nights, and I just made it work around my schedule. Um, it was tough, but uh, yeah, I made it work. I spent a couple um, weekends in the hill country, just trying, and that's Austin for people who don't know, um, trying to get some elevation training, just trying to get my legs used to the hills. So yeah, just trying to modify that plan to work for me. <laughs> so what was that experience like? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, it was it was interesting because I learned a lot about my body. I learned a lot about what my body does and does not like. <laughs> um, so when I wasn't actually outdoors training, um, I did a lot of training on my treadmill, just basically putting it on the highest um, settings that it could go uh, as far as inclines. Um, and I also have um, an elevation mask. So I wore the mask. Sometimes I have a weighted vest. So I just tried to find different things that work for me just to try to put my body, you know, through a lot of pressure um, with different simulations, just trying to figure out what worked. So yeah, there were a couple of things that were hit or miss a couple of times, you know, I found things that I liked a little bit more than others. And so I tended to kind of steer towards those things a little bit more than others. I'm a little interested to know about the the mask. Like, I mean, I see people <laughs> wear them, but did you feel it helped you train for the elevation? I, I do, I do, because um, most of the masks have multiple settings. And so depending on how much you want, I guess, how extreme you want to go, you know, you change the settings. So mine had like zero, one, two and three, I believe. And so basically you just scoop the, the notches up on the side and that determines how much oxygen flows through the mask. So basically your body's learning to function with a little bit less oxygen. So you have to learn. And I think a part of that is mental though. So you have to slow down your breathing. You have to slow down your heart rate, even though you're doing an extreme exercise. So like me running on the treadmill with the treadmill at the highest incline, you know, I had to figure out, okay, what speed can I go up to without like passing out or without putting my body through too much stress, you know? So I do, I do think that it helped me a lot. Yeah. Okay. So the biggest question we get is about nutrition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what was your nutrition like leading up to the event and during the event? Um... Leading up to the event, I would say that nutrition was probably the second hardest thing for me to get used to next to um, the inclines because I wasn't used to eating on the fly. So I just basically had to teach myself how to eat and run um, because I didn't know, you know what it was going to be like when we were in the Grand Canyon. I didn't know if we were going to actually stop to eat or if we'd be walking and eating or whatever the case might be. So I would run, I would literally run and be shoving food into my mouth while I was training just to make sure that I got my body used to it. And um, one of the things that I found out that I really like uh, on my runs were fruit cups. <laughs> so I kind of snagged a couple of those from my kid's pantry. Um, and so it was fruit cups. Um, 
I did bananas. Initially, I started off with PB&Js, and at first it was a little bit too heavy for my stomach. But uh, after I started getting into the swing of things closer to the end of training, I introduced uh, PB&Js again, and that was really good. And I think that's one of the things that really saved me out there, kind of gave me life, just having that solid PB&J on my stomach as opposed to um, gels or gummies or, you know, gooeys or whatever you want to call them, you know, just having solid food on my stomach was really good until we got to the North Rim. And then I had, um, I made um, a flask of, what was it? Spaghetti. And so I forgot a spoon and I forgot my forks and then I forgot to ask for, <laughs> for one. And so I'm literally pouring a thermos of um, spaghetti into my mouth and like guzzling it down as fast as I could because I looked at my watch and the stats and I burned so many calories by the time I got to the top, you know? And so I just tried to make sure that I kept putting it back in. Um, I read an article that one of the Spartan ladies did in an interview and she suggested sticking to like 300 calories per hour. And so I kind of tweaked that based on my training to see what works for me, but I kind of stuck close to that area just to be um, as consistent as possible so that my body knew, okay, after a certain amount of time, I'm going to start shoving, you know, additional calories into my body. And so yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tire as easily as I normally would. So yeah, nutrition was, nutrition was key for me. Definitely. Okay. So when you guys got to the North Rim, everybody that came up out of that canyon looked <laughs> dead. I swear to Jesus. But you were the first one back up talking about let's go back. So, <laughs> which is incredible to me. But what, what, what was driving you at that point? Like, I knew that we came out there to get it done. Um, so like staying halfway just never was an option for me. You know, I never even thought about it. I said afterwards, I was like, you know, unless I was sick or uh, unless I was injured, there was no way I wasn't going to go back out there. And even though it did end up taking me a lot longer to finish than I initially thought, I was just like, I'm not going to stop. I mean, there's no turning back. I couldn't go back. I was too poor to go back. So I had to keep going. So it was just never, it was never a thought for me. I knew that I went out there to complete the whole thing. And so that's what I was going to do. Even if I just had one person that went back out there with me, you know, I jokingly said to them, all I need is one. And they all kind of looked at me and I was like, <laughs> smiling. crazy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I went out there to do it. So I knew I was going to get it done. And you got yeah. it done. Oh my God. <laughs> So, um, starting in the morning in the wee hours at 3 AM when it's dark, mm -hmm. um, I'm more interested in knowing what it was like going back. Cause by now your body is kind of taxed and you've been out since three o'clock in the morning and now you're still going not necessarily close to the end and the sun is going down again. What were your thoughts? My main thought was just to get there. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, as we started getting closer to the end, uh, on the incline, some of it was dirt, some of it was sand, but there were stair stairs incorporated. And it was like little logs that were placed in. And so I think it was like the last three miles or so, 
I just got to a point where I was like, oh my God, girl, just lift your legs, just keep going. And so the guys were very motivating. I just, I remember that in my mind, just hearing Herman behind me, he was like, kind of like singing to me, you know, Q, you got it, Q, you can do it. Yeah, Q. And it was just like a song, like he just kept going, kept going. And he was like one step behind me. And I was like, oh girl, you got to just keep going. And at one point, I mean, you get to a point where you're inside your head so bad after that amount of time being out there, like it's good to have other people with you to kind of snap you out of it because I was like, oh my God, we're still here. And so, um, yeah, my main thought was just get there. You just got to get there. Like you can't stop. I mean, I took a lot more breaks in the end than I wanted to, but I just, my energy was zapped. And then I remember getting to the point where I heard your voice and I was like, oh my God, we're close, we're close. And it just kind of gave me life. Like I knew if you were there at that point, I was like, oh my God, we're close. Just keep going, girl, just keep going. And so, yeah, it was just get there. That was it. You were moving. I was like, at one point, like you were going so fast and I was behind you and I'm just like, damn, <laughs> like, I felt like I came down and I felt like I slowed you guys down. No, no, you actually gave me a renewed sense of energy um, because like, I felt like I was going super slow, you know? And so just knowing that we were close, that gave me a little bit more energy to kind of speed it up. Um, like I said, I thought that I'd be a lot faster, but just the last 10 miles, it just, it took a lot out of me. I mean, we came flying down from the North Rim just because I, I love the downhill. Um, and I, I wanted to try to get as much under, you know, my feet as I could before we got back to that South Rim but it just, it took a lot. It took a lot to get back up there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh my God. <laughs> so as you mentioned, the using your kids' fruit cups, uh -huh. <laughs> you brought your family along for this trip. What yeah. did they think about this whole adventure? Uh, my husband thinks that we're crazy. <laughs> He thought that it was really cool, you know, an experience of a lifetime, but uh, neither of us were distance runners back in the day. And so to see me kind of transition to this hybrid of um, a distance runner and a sprinter has been an amazing experience. I think for him, it's like crazy to watch. Um, and for my kids, my oldest, I think he's at the point now where he's starting to understand that what mommy does is pretty cool, you know, and um, he's asked, you know, several times to kind of jump in with me and I'll let him jump in on training when I know that he can keep up, you know, because it's good to kind of have him out there doing it, but he's already asked to come back and do rim to rim to rim. Um, <laughs> I took him down the path a little way to the tunnel, which I had reservations about because I had on my boots. <laughs> As a Texas girl, you know, I came out there with my boots on but I was just really nervous about taking him down because we were like right on the side of the cliff, but he begged me to go. And so I didn't want him to be afraid of it. You know, he, he was pumped and ready to go. And so I was like, okay, just hang on to mommy. And I kind of had a death grip on his hand and I took him down there and he just, <laughs> he loves every minute of it. But um, my youngest, he's still kind of like, oh yeah, she's my mom. She feeds me, she takes care of me, but he's not at the point where he really is getting into it as much as his older brother. But, you know, just having them there with me was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. 
yeah, it meant a lot. That's so beautiful. Oh my God. And yes, kids are so fearless. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember seeing uh, you guys at, he was, your son, the older one was on a rock and jumped off yes. of a rock, like yes. off, over by the cliff. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> And He's I was so just famous. like, okay, hold on, guys. I'll be right back. Let me go save my kid. <laughs> yeah, he just, he, he was not afraid at all. And so I love that. I love that about kids, you know, they don't, they don't have any fear about stuff like that. So it was yeah. really cool. And then he has an epic role model. <laughs> you went from sprinter to ultra runner. <laughs> And how many kids can say that their mom ran across the Grand Canyon twice in less than 24 hours? Right. Not a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. He That's was super right. excited to go back to school and tell his friends. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dope. I hope he completes it one day. I'm sure he will. Oh, my God. Yeah. If he has that, <laughs> that mindset now, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in freaking 20 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, well, well, closing up a little bit, I guess I would like to ask more about the team. Like, how was it doing this expedition as a team? What would you tell any team or people thinking about doing this? Any advice? Um, find a team that you can trust. Um, I think we mentioned that a lot of us hadn't met before in person. Um, I had only met one person on the team before, you know, but just because we were communicating via Facebook and Instagram, you know, I became comfortable with them. I knew um, that they had been training and I knew their skills, you know, and so I saw their profile when they were training and I saw, you know, the information that was on Strava. So you know that these people are working, you know, it's not just, oh, I said I ran 10 miles today, but I really didn't. I said I did X, Y, Z, but I really didn't. You know, I knew that people were really doing what they said they were doing, you know? And so um, I knew that we were all like getting after it and just, we were informed, you know, we weren't just going out there to do it. Um, Coach and Marquette, they were punching the numbers. And so we knew from point A to point B would be three miles or whatever it was, or and we knew how much time it would take or what we thought, you know, how much time it would take to get from point A to point B. So for me, being a numbers girl, you know, that was important. That was big for me. So just being able to have that in the back of my brain, okay, by this time, we should be at the next point. And if we're not, that means we might be going a little bit too slow, or if we got to this point faster, then that means we have time, you know, to kind of step back just a little bit or maybe take another water break or whatever the case might be, you know? So just, I would say if you're running with a team, just make sure that it's a group of people that you can trust. Um, I would say, make sure that everybody has different skills um, as far as life-saving skills, because you never know, you know, anything could happen. Like several of us were um, licensed uh, to do CPR, you know, um, a couple of the people in the group had a military background. So, you know, you're going out there with people that have been in the environment. It's not like 
your day oneers, you know, when you're just jumping out there and saying, oh, let's just do this. You know, we haven't trained for it, but it'd be fun. You know, that just doesn't make sense. That sets you up for failure. I know that people do that, but I just think that's really dangerous. So I'm just glad that we did it the way that we did. You know, we spent a couple months um, talking about it, getting keynotes down and stuff. And so that was really important for me. So just have a team yeah. that you can trust, have a team that knows what's going on. Yeah, you guys are really informed. I really admired the fact that you guys were watching the groups on like mm -hmm. Facebook for right. the Grand Canyon Rim to Rim and watching the weather and asking questions to people that have already done it. Like the way you guys plan this, it was it was it was good. Like you could tell, yeah, you guys were planning for success. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and and to have uh, all the members that had different skills that is a good bit of advice because right. yeah what if something would have happened to one of you like getting hurt and having mm -hmm. you know a uh, first aid background or military background can help save a life oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. i don't know i think i i don't i'm not sure if i asked this already but if you <laughs> could change anything about this trip what would you change? Um, the only thing I can think of would be just spending more time in the hill country, just trying to get my legs acclimated to running, you know, uphill. Um, you can do as many simulations as you want, but just being in that environment, just actually getting out there and doing it, it's just, it's totally different. Um, like I said, I, I did a lot of training on the treadmill and I did spend some time in the hill country, but that would be the only thing I can think of that I would really change because those last couple miles uphill, I feel like they kind of did me in, you know? And so a part of me is like, oh, I could have done so much better, but you can always could have, should have, would have, you know? But um, I put the training in and I was able to do what I did and that's it. That's so dope. You are yeah. so incredible. Oh my God. Aww, thank you. <laughs> like I, I've known you as a Spartan athlete, been following you, but yes, this is epic. Yeah, thank you. All right. So as we close, do you have anything that you want to say to our audience or that you are promoting? Um, anything that I want to say, let me see, keep challenging yourself. Um, don't settle, you know, there's a lot of life out there. There are a lot of experiences out there. Pick something and just go after it. Don't be stagnant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Q. It was incredible to meet her on this trip. Uh, I didn't think I was gonna get to meet her till like next year at a Spartan race. So it was a great opportunity to get to witness this part of her journey. Um, Q is amazing. Her energy is just incredible. She's a remarkable woman. This next interview, <laughs> I was really excited to do this interview because I'm interviewing Herman and Bobby at the same time, which is unique because they trained together for this event and you know, they're cousins, they always train together. So I felt it only right to interview them together. And again, their energy is incredible as well. They are so motivating and funny. <laughs> 
when I would go down a little bit, I would hear their voices before anyone else's, and that's how I knew they were <laughs> they were close. So I'm gonna let you guys get into it again. You're gonna want to take notes. <laughs> Without further ado. So how you guys feel now? How do you feel now? Man, Lonnie, thinking back to over, this is breathtaking. Like, um, I saw a coach's video and it's just so inspirational. It's like watching his. And um I don't know, it's just breathtaking, like an accomplishment that I don't look at it as I did it, Bobby did it, I look as we all did it, because we couldn't have done it without you, you know. So it was just, it was a great experience. Like it was it was awesome. <laughs> Definitely. I, I was really glad to get to be a part of that. Yeah, I was I was excited to get you both on because I've done interviews where me and coach have interviewed people, but I've never interviewed, you know, two people at one time. So and then, yeah, the fact that you guys are cousins and you guys trained together and did this together. I think that's epic. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the cheat code, Lonnie. We we didn't realize until after the fact. I think that I think that was uh, something that benefited us for sure. Oh, having each other. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I think uh, there was there was some serious value in having my cousin slash workout partner there with me because we we've been through some grueling stuff. Um, not just training for this, but we've done a lot of events in the past, so we know how each other move and and operate and all that kind of stuff. So. So that's that's my wingman, my battle buddy. So without him, I, I probably I wouldn't have even done the race without him. First of all, but uh, <laughs> second of all, I like like doing it with him. I, it definitely had a, a mental uh, advantage there for sure. I feel that. So what's the hardest thing you guys did before this? Mm. You want to go, cuz? Man, this Joker. So I'm I'm a little older than him, and he kicks my butt regularly. I think our training is worse than any event. But if I had to pick one event that we've done, um, I, I would say the Killington, Vermont. Uh, what was that? A beast, cause it was a, yeah, that was the beast, right? Yeah, we did a beast uh, Spartan at Killington, Vermont. And and I'm a, I'm gonna throw an asterisk on that because the next day we drove straight to Philly and did the Philly half marathon the next morning. So uh, that weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 gonna count that weekend as the worst for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, guys. wait a minute, y'all crazy? Okay, so like the Killington is one of the hardest beasts, and that's 13 plus miles. In yeah. uh, I don't even know the elevation. Then you go yeah. turn around and do your shakeout run is a 26 mile <laughs> marathon. <laughs> I, hey, I couldn't walk after the shakeout run. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Herman, do, do you have anything harder than that? Or is that the I same? I can't say anything harder because that, that weekend is one of the, so 2016, we did numerous amount of events. And that's the one weekend we circled on the calendar. We probably had like three weekends. And that was the one between that one and then the uh, Marine Corps Marathon, which was the icing on the cake at the end of the season. Yeah. So that going from Killington and then going to Philly right after the race, it wasn't like we went back to the hotel or anything. It was uh, Killington, got cleaned up at the Spartan race and then go to Philly, sleep for a couple hours and wake up do it. So that's probably by far the hardest thing we've done aside from our own training. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, then yeah. I'm kind of curious because if your training is harder than that, <laughs> what do y'all do to train? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you go first, Harris. I, I'll, I'll add highlights, but uh, you, you're, you're, okay. the, you're the trainer there. I just, I just tag along and try to keep up. <laughs> so one thing about this one, Lonnie, is we had no idea how to train for mm -hmm. 48 miles. We had, because all of our past training has been for time. So we'll train, we'll run trail runs, um, swims, triathlon, but everything was to get better in time. Mm -hmm. And then we did a run in Frederick that broke me all the way down. Um, this is probably in August with Kat, it was Kat, Carissa, and Coop. And, and Bobby, that was Bobby's first time meeting, coming yeah. along. And, and when I say kicked my butt, Lonnie, it kicked my butt. So our mentality was we always had to get revenge. You know, if something breaks, then we we'll get revenge. But we also learned that the only way to do the 40 miles is time on feet. So it's not about trying to do something in a short amount of time. It's getting the most amount of steps in. Mm -hmm. So when all of our training was don't worry about trying to do a mile in not eight, nine, 10 minutes. It's just keep getting these steps and keep repetition, eating, break, repetition, repetition, repetition. And that helped out tremendously for the 48 miles. Yeah. So that's what it was for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of, like what Herm said, a lot of stuff we did, like there's a trail in Frederick, Maryland called Catoctin Trail. And that joint beat our ass the first time. And it was, it was perfect to train for the canyon because the terrain was rougher. And it, it had some good elevation, but nothing like the Grand Canyon. But, but for me, that trail beat my feet up more than the 48 plus miles on the Grand Canyon. So in my mind, all I kept saying was, I feel better than I did out in Frederick. Like that was, that was my mindset. So, so anytime we do something difficult, I got a benchmark in my mind. If it's not as bad as that, then, then I'm good. I can keep going. So um, that was one thing. Another thing I think that helped us kind of was an accident. And I gotta give myself, a, I gotta give a disclaimer here. I used to clown those little walking poles, them hiking oh, yeah. poles that people want to have. <laughs> Man, when we went out to uh, out to Frederick that first time, I saw Carissa and Coop and Marquette. I'm like, man, they got the walking sticks for this. So, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of underestimating them. All of our training was without walking poles. So when mm -hmm. we got to use those things at the Grand Canyon, our legs was fresh for a long time. So I think that was dumb luck, but I will recommend that people train without them as much as possible. Of course, you probably want to get used to them before the event, but but we were so conditioned with the steps, the time and doing the steps and stuff like that, and our legs just getting conditioned that when we added the poles, it just added mileage to that Grand Canyon hike. Right. right. I feel that. So... A lot of people have told me, well, we talked about like the elevation and the perfect weather, but you mentioned something, the terrain. What was the terrain like? Because when I went from one side of the Grand Canyon to the other side, it was like night and day. They looked like two totally different places. One place yeah. was all sand and rock, and then the other side had trees and snow and shit. I'm like, wait. Yeah, the, the terrain was, it was interesting. It seemed like it was packed tighter on the south side and it was more rocky, like you said. Mm -hmm. But the rocks weren't that bad. It did have some parts that were um, a little, like some parts were like solid rock for like little stretches. So even the poles, you just hear them just hitting rock. And like you literally walking on the mountain part at that point. But 
Uh, the terrain wasn't bad overall, but I think what was most challenging for me were these steps. They had, and I remember in Coach's interview, he mentioned it too. They had these like nailed down wooden boards that probably helped maintain the trail mm-hmm. integrity, but those things were stepping up and down like regularly. So you never get like a steady step and you always have to just kind of go up and over something or down something that just takes more impact on the quads. And then on the the north side, like I wasn't even thinking about the terrain on that side. That just climbing that hill was a beast. Um, but it was softer ground. I remember when we were getting higher up, the forest was there, like those trees were there, and then the the, the soil got a little softer. So that part was good, but by then we got our butts kicked coming up the hill. So <laughs> one of the things that actually helped out was on the south side, there was sand. So <laughs> yeah, training, oh, yeah. yeah. You, always, you always hated to training same because it holds you down yeah. ways you down. but after you do about 40 30 something miles the sand feels like cushion yeah it did, so it all, did. yeah so on, the, on the way back when we came across the sand we were like thank god like it was <laughs> it was like it was like walking on pillows you know so, yeah, well. <laughs> cloud, so that probably helped us you know just get a little a little relief you know for yeah. a couple miles um but that was that was something that we were happy to come across as that saying. But crossing those bridges that were concrete at some points, man, that was that was rough on the feet. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Did anybody lose any toenails? <laughs> mine, mine, are, mine are trying to come off. I got like I got at least three right now that are uh, that are trying to do something. But I mean, if that's yeah. the worst that happened to me, which it was, and I'm I'm in good shape. That's right. all that happened. Nobody got injured. Y'all was good. What surprised me at the end when I found you guys when I went down like a mile and a half, <laughs> you guys ran right past me. <laughs> you guys are like, uh, nice to see you, Lottie. <laughs> Let us get by. <laughs> hey, look, hey, Lottie, we, we was near a breaking point at that point. We was, look, I asked her like a little while before that. I say, so we check on each other. You know, it gets quiet. We try to talk throughout. I said, hey, man, cuz, what you need? He was like, finish line. <laughs> so by then, man, we were we were so beat down, I think, just mentally and physically. It was like, we didn't want to stop. We couldn't stop our momentum. We had a nice little pace we was going. And yeah. if, if I stopped too much more, it was going to be a wrap. Y'all have been dragging me up that last couple stretches. <laughs> it, it was a blessing to see you each time, Lonnie. And yeah. on that, of course, on the north from not having water for X amount of miles, well, honestly, just the X amount of time frame, because a mile could take sometimes, it could take 20 minutes, sometimes mm-hmm. it could take 45 minutes or yeah. an hour. And where you were, you were on the steepest part, where we were trugging along with no water, probably probably about an hour and a half, maybe. Or, mm-hmm. it, it was a while. So that was a great thing to see you on the north side. But on the south yeah. side, by the time I saw you on the south side line, it was my momentum, like Bobby had said, it was like, thank you. I appreciate you. That's why I gave you the biggest hug. And I said, you know what? <laughs> if I stop, I'm going to start leaning backwards. <laughs> so forward, you know, so, um, yeah, so that was great. You know, that was great with hey, you right there. I feel that. Yeah, Lonnie, that water for real, like her said, on the, you know, I don't think you understand, on the north side, we had skipped one of the water stations lower down on the mountain as a group. And then there was one that was higher up, but that one was shut off. And then the one at the top was shut off. So by the time we saw you, like you for real, like if if you weren't there, we wouldn't have been able to go back. Like I wouldn't have even tried to go back if we had that water. 
<laughs> like it was it was that critical to us to be able to finish. So you, I told you, you got the MVP for me. Like, man, that, water, that water was life on that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I was watching and I was like, they're going so slow. Like, what's going on? I kept seeing people come up and I wasn't seeing y'all. And then I heard someone say that there wasn't no, the water was off. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they we probably didn't we drink the water. <laughs> water is gold out there. It is gold. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So, Okay, this is a question because you know we're doing it again next year or something, or we're planning something. Would you ever do it again? You guys completed it, so it's like off your bucket list. Would you ever consider doing that again? <laughs> For me, yes. And I think I think we discussed this, um, Bobby and I. We I think it was a consensus that we would uh -huh. um, do it again because um, just the, everything you got out of it. You know, um, granted, it was hard, it was tough, but we we embrace these challenges, you yeah. know, and we always, if we were to do it again, we would love to take a group out there. We would love just to go out there and see yeah. if we can even shorten the time. But either way, it was a learning experience, and we was like, you know what, definitely be something that we would check off. Yeah. Again. <laughs> what, what would you do differently, if anything? Um, pack lighter. Mm -hmm. I would definitely pack lighter. Um, granted, I was happy with everything because on the mental aspect, everything I had, I knew that, okay, if I ever caught cramps, which I did, I had enough nutrition to knock them out. But now I know what nutrition I need, how much I need. Um, let's see. I mean, I think so. It's just the nutrition. I probably just pack lighter and make sure you're there. You're still there. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would i would do it again the, the group was awesome um and that, that having that support system in place i think is important and even though everybody didn't know each other like those types of events bring people closer together but it's really it's true value to have people that have been there and done it before to come along with the group again so um, yeah, I would. The short answer is yes. I, I'll be honest. I didn't even plan on doing it this time. Herm texted me over the summer and was like, hey, I need you to help me, you know, train with me for this Grand Canyon event. I'm like, I'll train with you. I kept stressing, so I'll train with you, but I ain't doing it. And then, <laughs> then I found myself doing it. But but like you said, we, we love the challenges. That was the ultimate challenge. And I, I'm still kind of in disbelief that we we knocked it out, but we did and we expected to. But the the, the mental part was was challenging at some points. I mean, how, how was it? Because I know there is there was this uh, transitioning point when everyone got back to the North because mm -hmm. everyone kind of had a choice in some way to like give up or, you know, to go back, uh, to get in the car or to turn around and go back. So right. what type of conversation did you guys have with each other or with yourself to just to be like, oh, we're going back? Uh, I'm yeah, let me, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So let me back up to when we got there. So um, on the way there, right, to the north side, I had been, you know, kind of quiet for about 50. Me and Bobby were in the back of the group. And I was quiet. And cut. And my Bobby was like, cuz, what's going on with you? I said, man, just trying to stay focused. And I got PTSD from the cramps I got in Frederick. And so Bobby stopped. He said, man, look, cuz. Get that out your mind. You keep thinking about it. You're going to get them. 
So get it out your mind. So I was like, that's one. But I was like, but I was like okay, got it. So then as we were trugging along, and then we had a tight coach was leading the group, everything. It was great. Me and Bobby and I holding up the bat. And then as coach started, uh, I think coach twisted his ankle. So I give him a lot of credit because he pushed through Lonnie from, I don't know, it might have yeah. been like 15, He 18. said at mile seven. Yeah, yeah. it was so, early. It was before we crossed the bridge, I remember. Right. So it was like 18 miles. Coach was trekking, 15 to 18, something like that. And then so when he came to the back, it so put like this, it never crossed my mind, none of us weren't returning. This is where I was at this point. So when Coach came to the back, I was like, man, this is real. And don't get me wrong, like I was still in it. But one thing that got me out of my out of my mind was when I started encouraging coach. So mm-hmm. I started sp- spitting out sayings and quotes and all these things. And as I'm spinning them, I'm feeling myself get this ball of energy going yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was because Brian, was but everybody was a fighter. I say that everybody, and it was hurting. It, at this point, everybody's hurting. And I kept thinking some, I kept putting these words out, saying these quotes, encouraging words. And next thing you know, I was at the top. And I remember Bobby asking, how you feel? And I said, Bobby, this is the hardest part but I feel the best right here and I have to take it. So he was like, go get it. So until we ran out of water. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then when we saw, you know, that was the grace of God that you were right there. And then when we got to the top, cause I started to cramp a little bit, but when we got to you, we got the cramps out, kept trekking along. And then I remember Q saying, I didn't hear her say it, Bobby heard her. Q said, I just need one more person. And Bobby came to me and said, hey, look, you just need one, per- one more person. And I said, don't even ask me no questions. Because he already knew if he's going back, I'm going back. Yeah. So I, don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. And I had like limited words. He was like, bet. <laughs> so he was so cute. Hey, we got it, you know? So, but it was, my mind was, I was trying to now visualize going back to the other side. And then it mm-hmm. got real that, hey, everybody's not going to make it back. Yeah. And I didn't say, I thought that was the greatest thing that all eight of us made it to one room, but it never hit me until all of us, until only like five of us got there. And I was like, dang, this is serious. Like, this is really serious. And um, I always knew as long as my cousin was by my side, that's why I said we called it, we had the the cheat code, but (laughs) since he was was by my side, we're going to find a way to make Mm -hmm. it back. And Q preaching the way she did. Like we had some fighters on the team. And Q Cat, man, it was a uh it was tough going back, but we did it. And it was yeah. I could go on for days, but I'll let Bobby yeah, tell the yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so definitely I I went out there expecting to do the whole 48. And uh I never want to live with regret. Regrets uh it's an emotion that you rarely get to uh undo uh in life. So when we went out there to do 48, when I got to the top, I felt better than I did out in Frederick, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just need to make sure my, my battle buddy was game and then we were turning back quick. And it was tough, though. Like, so one thing that we're big on, like just family in general, our family in general, like energy is contagious. And we try to be positive and uplifting the whole time. So if you look at all them pics, there's a lot of smiling, a lot of joking. We have been through some stuff and. You know, that was just another another check on the checkbox, uh, you know, that, that we got to do. But it was great. The whole group was great. And I think one of the challenges coming up the mountain was that people started to have those thoughts. And then they started to verbalize those thoughts, which is fine because it's, it's an amazing feat just to get rim to rim. Right. But, it, but, but 
anytime a little bit of doubt starts to set in, you know, then then it it can it can it can kind of uh, spread, and you know, people start to question themselves and their ability and stuff. But overall, man, the, the group was amazing. One challenge I had was because we were a unit of eight. Um, I felt bad getting ahead of the group at certain points, but it, it was like a, I had to for physically because I couldn't stop. Right, you know what I mean. So yeah. So that part that part was challenging. So I, I think one piece of advice I would have is if somebody's going to go out there, I think it's really good if if you have like a wing person, like this is my wingman, like you know, and I don't know like who it would be or a training partner or whatnot, but. If you kind of got a battle buddy, then then your obligation shrinks a little. You're still a, a bigger group, but you want to try to, you Make know, you sure got to accomplish. Stay together. Yeah. Like you guys yeah. each other. Just yeah. that's a good, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why I said we had the cheat code. Um, but it, man, without that group, man, the whole group, we were moving, man. Like we were like a unit. It was just like a line of eight. And then, I mean, we had people asking us if it was like a big event or something. I guess they're not used to seeing a lot of black people out there or whatever. But, right. Yeah, it was it was crazy, but it was it was really cool. It was really cool. And one and one thing, shout out to Q because somebody asked if we were going back and I slipped up and said, yeah, we're going to try to go back. She said, no, we are. And I was like, so she corrected me and she caught me because I'm big on my words and in my intentions. And she was right, man. Q pushed us down that mountain and through the box, that place they call the box, and across the over to that bridge, man. She was flying. Her and Marquette, all of us <laughs> back across. So it, was, it was really cool. Yeah, no, I was watching on the thing, I, like even on your way there onto the uh, north side. I actually, I'll say that that prayer that you said at the beginning. Oh my god. Like I'm in a car. Why are you praying? Like, how am I not gonna make it to you guys? I did not have service, and I got lost. And I was watching you guys on the thing, and I was like going slower than you guys. Like I, I thought I wasn't gonna make it wow. in the time that you guys were gonna make it, and I was speeding like a speed demon. And I didn't have service a lot of the time, but oh. I, I got there. <laughs> and then I was watching you guys on the way back and y'all were like, y'all were flying. I thought you guys mm -hmm. weren't gonna get back till midnight. Yeah. I calculated. So you guys got back like almost two hours earlier than I thought you would. <laughs> so the, the was, prayer line, um, and that's something my cousin uh, Stan started years ago. We used to work out. And no matter what it was, it could be just a lap around the track and stand. He would always pray before yeah. we pray as a unit. And one thing it made me understand is that don't take any of this for granted. Yeah. You know, just, if it could be just walking up and down your steps, don't take that for granted. Running five miles, don't take any of this for granted, the training, anything. So when we prayed before, um, that was just the grace of God letting us that was God putting his grace and mercy on us to say, you know what? He He put this group together ultimately. God put this group together ultimately. Yeah. And he's the one that got us from south to north side. Now we knew with it being us four, I knew it was going to definitely be the grace of God. I knew we was going to hit some dark, get, it was going to be mentally dark for some of us, which it, I think all four of us, it tested our mental on the way back like no other. Um the and then it got physically dark out there going up that mountain in the darkness and, and my headlamp actually dimmed down was almost about to go out but okay. it was by the grace of god that we overcame so much it was times we got snappy with each other i mean i guess that but we understood the circumstance so nobody took it personal 
you know, um, actually I got Bobby, I got snappy with him at one point, you know, <laughs> you know, but, and it was, it was just the grace of God getting us, getting us through everything for you to be where you were on, on the, on the South side, was coming back at that point, man, things got real Lonnie. Like, I, I don't think people, I know you probably, you understand coach understand, but I don't think people understand going from South to North and back. It doesn't matter if it's a mile, half mile, quarter mile, you're going to feel pain until you actually step out of that mm-hmm. camp. Yeah. And one of the things that was big for me is when we was on way back and we had passed you, Lonnie, and Bobby's never, never asked for a break. You know, I was vibing off my cousin. Like, he was, whenever we took breaks, he would make the most, he would maximize it, but mm-hmm. he never asked. So we got past you and we were less than a mile. And he was in front of me. He said, hold on, cuz. And Lonnie, when you're talking about it got real, in my mind, that's when I said this. I already knew how real it was. But I was like, dang, my cousin done dragged me and pulled me 43 miles. 40, I'm sorry, 47 miles and some change. And it's like, now I need to dig deep and give and motivate him. And so and then we went another half a mile. And he said, hold on. I was like, dang, man. I said, this is getting real. <laughs> never asked this whole time. Never asked to slow down. Never asked for a break. When I needed to slow down, he came to the back, got me. And so, you know, that right there was pivotal. Um, one, the grace of God, the love that we have for each other, family, but just a teammate, partner, anything. It was getting us out of there together and lifting each other up, you know, and lifting, you know, lifting and even when Q slowed down, Q got us then right. to the south side, back to the south side. And when she started to feel it, I was happy to be by her side and say, you know, we're going to get here. I was happy Bobby was by her side. I'm happy because she got us there. And now it was like, we need to get her out of this game. Yes. Kept, you know, kept pushing us to get there. You know, his grit and determination to get us yeah. all there before, 10, before midnight. You know, and, um, it was a lot of sacrifices. It, it, it took a lot of toll on our bodies. But I don't think any of us, or excuse me, on the way back, ever thought about quitting. You yeah. know, I told nah. Bobby at that point, I was like, man, we're at the point of no return. It's like, how and, can you quit? It, it's not yeah, a starting course. You can't just be like, hey, I'm tapped out. Where's the little golf cart to take me back? Yeah, I like to see yeah. you not. It got to a point, I don't even know we were even halfway back. And I said, then we started going on to the numbers of how many people make it there and back. I said, well, how did they get out? No, me, I'm asking these questions. Well, how did they get out if they don't make it? And, and nobody had an answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so, and then it hit me, got, and that's when it kind of got dark to me for a second. I was like, dad, we can't go back. There's no way I'm going back up the north side. No yeah. way. And a lot of other trails we've been on, there's been like an exit route, exit here, exit there. But the canyon, you have to get that SOS button. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I'm not getting, I'm not getting backed out of here, you know? So that was, that was when, you know, I had a little dark moment and realized how serious this is, you know? Um, so like I said, it was the blessing of my teammates being there to keep trucking along. You know, I remember trucking. someone mentioning like, while you guys were going, uh, someone being on the ground, like in the canyon or something and they were just repeating like like i work out or something like just i don't remember the exact story <laughs> you would say that guy? 
I think it was Ket because on the way there, we was like a yeah, three, three mile mark, and it was two guys. And first of all, line, this is being naive. That's, That's right. Being naive. <laughs> and so kudos to those two guys that had done, they were on the same journey. We were rem to rem to rem. And they were three miles from the top of the south side. And they were taking, one of these guys, his uh, partner was taking a nap on the rock. That's how serious it is. I don't think people understand that. So mm -hmm. I remember and so they had said to us, man, you know, we work out a lot. And it kind of never left Marquette's mind. I know that for sure. <laughs> and I kept thinking, and that was Marquette's motivation. I had no problem with it. And yeah. all I kept thinking was, I don't know. Like, right. <laughs> the reason is three miles left. And they're right there. You know, I remember Cuz saying, hey, look, if I ever get to three miles, I got to stop. You drag my ass out of here. Yeah, and I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot of stuff that, that could mess with your mind out there. And I, I told I told her when we was walking in the back of the line in the beginning, when we come back across that bridge to the south side, that's going to be straight mental and grit at that point, getting back up on the south side. So we was prepared for that. Like physically, I think overall we felt good going back onto that side. Um, one thing I wish that or I would recommend that we do differently. I know that it's we had some really awesome planners and stuff like that, but we're all competitors too. And when a time was put out there, we wanted to meet that time. So yeah. I would say, if you're going to do the Grand Canyon, don't attach a time frame to it. It's just a it's a just finish race and finish on your own terms. Because when when you start to push against the clock, you you burn an energy unnecessarily. Like that joint was truly a slow and steady. And if you feel good, you can trot. You know. But I think me and Herm, we we packed the heaviest out of everybody, probably with our nutrition and stuff like that, and uh, just extra gear just in case. So we we was prepared, but but it did weigh us down a little bit, but um, it, it helped get us through. What did you guys have for nutrition? I didn't heard about chicken soup and some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Man. I think so. Uh, I, got, I got pictures. I got a post <laughs> pic. So we we went. Herm and Marquette was uh they they roomed together and. We had bought some bacon cheeseburgers and we had to microwave those and prepare those. We had them on the little mini um, slider Hawaiian rolls. So they had mustard mayo and ketchup and we individually wrapped all the, all the sandwiches in foil. So we had, I think three of those each. So we had six of those. We had six, uh, same type of roll, peanut butter, jelly and banana sandwiches. We had salmon jerky. We had teriyaki beef jerky. Um, we had uh, these salt capsules that I get called salt stick. They, those are like, that's like gold mine that I don't know if anybody knows about, but those, and then we had, we had like Pedialyte packets, all kinds of little sugary stuff. So we, we had probably, probably eight to 10,000 calories worth of food packed away to split between the two of us. Um, and as a side note, I think I burned like 7,100 calories uh, for, for the, uh, but the duration so it was it was probably not enough calories altogether but it, it worked because i don't eat a lot while while moving so it worked out that's all me with the high metabolism Lonnie. <laughs> yeah yeah he burned through <laughs> the food quick i tell so you hey, that burger hit the spot though we stopped somewhere at one of those little campgrounds and i unwrapped one man that burger was like gold it was the best thing i ever ate in my life <laughs> so check it this one we're packing up our food you know we had it we had all packed up and i say to bobby 
So what are we gonna take back? <laughs> like we had so much food, but I'm thinking, but I'm looking at it like this is gonna get me just on one side. That's <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we, we had a lot of food. We had we we probably had we actually ended up with too much food, but we mm. packed a lot, Lonnie, in the bag that we gave you. We tried to put like a couple thousand worth of calories in there too, just in case. And it worked out because we traded out some stuff. Oh, I forgot we made the tuna casserole. We had this oh, yeah. some kind of rice that that like the, the microwave rice, and we had the little tuna pouches, the flavored tuna pouch. So we kind of whipped all that up into a container, like a little casserole. We was calling it tuna casserole. It wasn't it wasn't like the family tuna casserole. It was I was good. ready. Oh yeah, we, we was grubbing. They, they was clowning our food for a little while. <laughs> hey, look, it started working. It was working. Hey, it worked. It got you yeah. all the damn he didn't, he didn't even tell you about the sweet soup, the peanut butter, the Reese's oh, snacks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had the little Reese's puff, the cereal bars. Yeah, I was I was eating out there. I, I, hey, I was I'm, a, I'm the sugar guy. Yeah, I was yeah. Sweet, we, you want to talk about gels and like honey stingers? <laughs> nah, that's, really that's stuff for shorter. Yeah, that, that ain't for a 19 hour day. That's for a, a two or three hour race day for me. I, I can't do that stuff for that long. I it didn't it didn't really do much for me. Yeah. But the water was critical. Water and electrolytes, I think, are the most important. We had the um, the little Pedialyte packets, so the okay. powder packets that so you just tear it and pour it in the water bottles. So the way we kind of had it set up, it worked out. I feel that. Okay, y'all, you guys are now ultra endurance athletes. Would you guys do another event, like a different event, like not like not like this, but like something else, maybe longer? So <laughs> longer, longer, all the way back. <laughs> But before I get to that, one thing I say about nutrition for everybody, do what works best for you when yes. it comes to nutrition. Yeah. Because Bobby and I, we've learned over the years, the jail packs and stuff, they, we had them, but that was like emergency only. Mm -hmm. we, we knew that, that if we did, we stuck with what we what worked best for us. So anybody train, go after it and just learn what works with your body. But yep. as far as other ultra events <laughs> on the way back, I kept telling them, I said, uh, Killington, Killington, and Bobby said, "Man, shut up! Don't you, don't you mention that?" I was like, "Hi, Ted, this is Killington Ultra, Killington Ultra." So, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna do it or not, but Bobby did hit me with a, uh, and I let him tell you about oh, another yeah. yesterday that uh, we might do. So, yes, yeah, so, so I bet it's been a year of bucket list for me. So I went to Egypt this summer, and I bought, then I wanted to always go to Grand Canyon, so I, I made it to the Grand Canyon, but. Next on the list was the uh, Machu Picchu, and they got the Inca Trail there. So it's, I think it's 25 miles, but it's got some serious, serious elevation gains in the Andes Mountains throughout. So, so we look, we looking at something like that. Um, yeah, but but yeah, the short answer is yes to your question, Lonnie. We, we are willing to <laughs> explore our options. Yeah. Hey, well, let me know. Keep me posted. You know, right. sounds We're like a good quad burn. <laughs> huh? We we'll definitely turn you on the on each room, right? <laughs> right. Definitely, I'll be there. Right. Well, we only got five minutes left, so I am okay. going to uh, close out. Do you okay. guys have anything that you want to say to the listeners? Any advice when embarking on ultra endurance stuff like this? Um. Right, or just what quick. you guys learned, yeah. like just something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing we've gotten better at over the years, like Herm just mentioned, you gotta really know your body, and it, and it takes time. It takes a little trial and error, experiment. Know what, learn what works best for you. 
like trying to compare your training and what you do and your methods to everybody else that only sets different expectations that may not be aligned with your abilities but listen to your body you can do way more than you probably think you can basically what was i saying because the body can achieve what the mind will believe so yeah. So go after it, do what you do, prepare properly, make sure you understand your nutritional needs and just uh, time and time and distance, like just put the time in that you need and try to simulate the time for any event that you're going to do. I feel that. I just, um, I just want to go over the whole group. I just want to say thank you to everybody, um, yeah. coach, yeah. for leading us, for giving us direction. Um, Ovi, your your bright, your ball of energy, your light, your smile, um, to keep on track, and then just helping us out to give back whatever we need, even though you didn't come back. But everything we we needed, you gave us extra. Carissa, your your tempo, your your energy as well. Mild yeah. manner, being honest, um, telling us how you feel, but also having your game plan sticking to it. Um, yeah. Wow, you are. I can, the ultimate fighter. You, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's not enough words to describe Q, hard work, great, a true Spartan. And she is a beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother, initiative, man, grit. The, you know, we were hurting, but Q, I mean, Cat was always on. We can do it. We can do it. Let's get there. Let's push it. Let's make this time. So I yeah. give him a lot of respect. Strong. Brian, my man, you know, he held us down back in the back. And Brian was was cool, calm. He knew his body, you know. And I want to tell Brian, you are going to do rim to rim to rim one day. And if you ever want to try it again, give me a call, man, because I know you can make it back. Granted, you didn't have a wingman like my cousin, but you are strong enough and you will make it back. And to my cousin, my road dog, Bobby, my partner, my ace, I love you. Love you, cuz. I love you, cuz. I I didn't, I never knew you would be here to do this with me when I called you. I was literally just looking for a training partner. And you said, you know what? I'm supporting my cousin a thousand percent. And you did just that. You got me out that canyon, brother. I love you to death, man. I love you, bro. Thank you so much. Love you, too, guys. Love you man. So beautiful. You are the best support system <laughs> anybody could ever ask for. Thank you so much. You are the MVP. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Oh my God. You guys are so great. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So thank you guys for allowing me to assist you and allowing me to interview you. <laughs> I can't wait for the next adventure. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna bring it. We're gonna bring it. Set it up. Let's show. All right, guys. Have a good evening. Thank you. Those two are freaking hilarious. (laughs) So I don't want to keep you guys too long. I'm gonna just say a few words. I have to say that this is one of my favorite interviews ever. This is like my favorite episode between doing Black with Endurance and Unrelenting Humans. This was just incredible. There's something about being there and knowing these people that just 
I don't know, made this just that much more special. So I'm very proud of this episode. Also, I've been doing a lot of work on Black with Endurance. We got a little facelift on our website, so make sure that you check it out. And if you haven't already, subscribe for our email list. We also are now on Strava, so make sure that you join our Strava club so you can get a little piece of this community um it's competitive but uplifting i love it i love everybody in the group everyone is at different fitness levels doing different sports but it's not about being better than someone else the competition is with yourself and we have fun challenges coming up so make sure you guys are joined into that also we now are on facebook we have a facebook group so instead of me just highlighting people you can highlight yourselves as well so make sure you join the facebook group and post i want to see all your wins let us know about your training, what you're training for, any new events you got coming up, or if you're starting a business, anything we want to support. I think that's about all I have right now. We do have some new merch coming for the winter, and I have several requests for cycling kits, which I'm very happy to provide. (laughs) So I'm working on those as well. That's why I say make sure you are subscribed to the email list. And you guys are amazing. If you've listened this far, you are the real MVPs. I truly do appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Until next time.